following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Ming's not unbeatable. With all his men, he couldn't even kill Flash. Gordon's alive! Welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts... From Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast, Brad. And introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric. It is Minute 91 of Flash Gordon. Eric, how are you this fine evening? Brad, dive again! We just want to say dive all the time. It's so much fun. And, uh, and here to take the dive with us, who are our guests again this uh, today? Joining us for a second day is the co-host of the Godfather Minute, composer of the Cannoli Countdown, and self-professed deputy superintendent of education of the Kingdom of Phrygia, Andy Robinson. And our second guest, and I have to say this, uh, previously on the show, uh, we had on Chuck Bryant, and I mentioned that his podcast, Stuff You Should Know, is one of three podcasts that, for me, are head and shoulders above all others. So the co-host of not only one of those others that's part of that top three, but actually my number one from Star Wars Minute and also the Godfather Minute and the graphic novelist, Alex Robbins. Hey, how's everyone doing today? Gentlemen, it's just uh, so great having you both here. Uh, Thank you. And we had a lot of fun yesterday. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Thanks for having us. We greatly appreciate the opportunity. Flash Gordon is a very significant movie in in our lives. I'll just leave it at that. And Alice, we we had to call out, uh, you know, doing Star Wars Minute as the granddaddy of them all. This show would not be here without Star Wars Minute. You guys uh, just—you can't blame me for that. I am not responsible <laughs> for that. <laughs> it, 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 uh, I imagine there's a certain amount of pride knowing that you guys have set all this emotion. There's uh, Eric. Last, there's well over a hundred minute by minute shows out there now. Yeah. Is that, uh, yeah. It's more than a hundred at this point. I certainly hope you're, you're, you're you guys um, must be proud, the granddaddy of them all, and uh, continue to do great stuff. And uh, you know, between that and uh, Godfather Minute and everything else, uh, you guys have uh, you, you've uh, left quite a mark and a, a, a definitely a positive one. So uh, we're we're very uh, pleased to have you with us. My uh, co-host of Star Wars Minute, Pete the Retailer, and I were very. Uh, we continue to be like shake our head in amazement. You know, we. Uh, this past summer, we did. Uh, we went to the second movies by minutes sort of festival or gathering. I don't know what you want to call it. And uh, it was just crazy. I were there with all these other podcasters, and everyone's talking and hanging out. And and we're like, none of these people would, you know, this whole thing wouldn't have happened if we hadn't started this dumb show. It's just, it's, it's nuts. It's, it's very, uh, it's very humbling and and very proud that people have become friends who might not otherwise have become friends without without our silly little show. Well, a little known fact, if you get that many minute-by-minute uh, minute podcasters in, in a group, it is called a murder. It is called a murder of podcasters. Oh, I was actually going to ask you what what a gathering of <laughs> Hawkmen is called. I think it would squadron? be a murder, too. Yeah, yeah, probably a squadron. <laughs> or, or maybe a dive. A dive oh, there you go. This is a dive of Hawkmen. Wait, a what? Die! Oh, okay. I didn't understand what you said the first time. So, uh, a group of hawks is called a cast. Uh-huh. So, uh, maybe a group of hawk men is called a podcast. What? Oh. Sorry. I see what just happened there. Sorry. Had to go. <laughs> In all truth, a group of hawks actually is called a cast. Uh, yeah, that actually is true. Looks like it's, that's, a, that's a thousand, a cast of thousands. Yeah. 
Do you think the do you think the captain do you think the captain of the war rocket Ajax said that to his second in command when they when they came out of that cloud? They said there there must be fifty casts out there. <laughs> Probably <laughs> at least. Hey, now that things have already gotten awkward, Eric, what happens in minute ninety one of Flash Gordon? Well, this is almost all action. Uh, there's only. Two lines of dialogue, I believe, in this minute, so it, it's mostly fighting, but one of those lines is Voltan saying, second wave dive, so we do get the mm. second minute in a row of our big dive line, and, <laughs> uh, you know, I I, I know I'm, I'm ripping on War Rocket Ajax a lot about the movement of it this week. I, I do love War Rocket Ajax, everybody, I swear, but, uh, you know our job to analyze this stuff so it doesn't look like the rocket is moving at all as the hawkmen finally approach it and the captain says to stop the engines which a it appears they already have but b i don't know why you would if you've got a, a, a if you've got a cast of hawkmen attacking you wouldn't you want to maybe speed up and ram into them wouldn't you want to maybe veer down 90 degrees or, or, or something. I'm not sure why they're stopping the engines, and it just seems like they already had stopped any. Yeah, you don't want to give these guys a good target to awkwardly land on. Man, their landings look rough for the Hawkman. Yeah, I think it's, as we see later, it's not in the captain's best interest to let them get close, because pretty soon he's going to command to, to repel borders. So I think he wants to uh, slow down the war rocket boosters so that that he can keep a distance so you just blast him out of the sky that's how i would do it um i think he has to i think he can't uh don't forget their primary mission is to bring back flash gordon's body so that's their main thing they want they kind of <laughs> want that flash mission plan been blown up already i mean they're being attacked now well that's general Kala didn't say bring back his body unless you're attacked <laughs> by a cast of hawkman he said bring back his body so like they probably want flash to land they're probably like slow down let's let him land let him land on the <laughs> ship well but i think their plan b is if they don't get flash they'll just get one of the hawkmen and put put a flash t-shirt on him and bring <laughs> bring that body back oh you know what they would do with his hair what they would die. die. <laughs> it's long. It'd be great if they they just came back and they had a different Jets quarterback. It's like, wait a minute, that's not Flash. That's Vinny Testaverde. TV's Joe Namath. Yeah, that, that'd be a great airplane version of it. That's Joe Namath they bring back. Brett Favre. He wasn't. He was only there a year. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait a minute, this isn't Flash Gordon. This is the Flash from the TV show. <laughs> he has that helmet and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like that, there's a tray on his head for God's sakes. One thing I really love about Voltan—that's that's his name, right? That's Brian Blessed's character's yep. name, right? Yep. Uh, he really he, he really has a, a joie de vivre, which is uh, infectious. Like he really loves. To, he seems to love doing everything he does. He takes great pleasure in everything he does, and I think that's I think that makes us like him as an as an audience member. We all want to be Brian Blessed. We all want to be the loudest. It's not easy to be the loudest, most obnoxious guy in the room and everyone still like you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Brian Blessed and, by extension, Voltan do that where, like, Voltan's a jerk. When we first meet him, he basically robbed one of the other characters. Uh, You know, he's, he's a little handsy with the ladies around him. The birds. Yes, and yeah, yeah, I like that. And then he also is. I don't um, believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I gotta tell you, Brad, that you, you didn't. <laughs> I do like the old uh, the, the old jargon of uh, calling young lady birds. Obviously, not gonna do that anymore. But uh, yeah, I think Brian it? Blessed works in this movie. But also, I I think Brian Blessed works in short doses. Like if you worked in an office with him, I think that would <laughs> that novelty would wear off really fast. About you know. <laughs> oh, HR would just have a file as long as your arm. <laughs> oh sure, I remember watching on uh, YouTube once there was some. Uh, panel, some Flash Gordon reunion panel with maybe like six or seven of the people, including Brian Blessed on the panel. And I mean, no one else got a word in Edgewise. It was all sure. Brian Blessed. So if he were if if he were in your office with you, would he be wearing a, a shirt and tie, or would be wearing the Hawkman uniform? <laughs> no, he'd be wearing a tie. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of walk into that one. Yeah, that was. I thought that's what he was going to do. I couldn't believe. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I'm not doing that more. <laughs> I do know all that all the mistakes he makes around the office, he always has to go to his boss and say, well, thanks for giving an old bird a second chance. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think a Voltan movie probably wouldn't work too well. Uh, yeah, it's like two hours of, that's a, that's a lot of Brian Blessed. And uh, it, it could be exhausting. And he, again, he is a jerk. He really isn't a good guy until these minutes. A little bit when he's like, Maybe a little bit when he says, you know, giving an old bird a chance, a second chance. Yeah, there he's sort of showing that he wants to turn towards the light, but this is when he finally goes all in, and especially in the next minute. But there's a reason why this movie is Flash Gordon, and uh, it, it's not you know, Voltan. Because, uh, That's a great point, and it's a great point because even though Voltan is not on Flash's side till sort of this part of the movie, the whole movie is still like him. And when he does change his mind, it's not a surprise. Whereas Baron mm. equally is not supportive of Flash till the end. But yet, Baron, you don't really, you're not, you don't like him until he changes. And even then, you're not like, eh. Yeah. But I wonder why. I wonder what the difference is. Is it because of Volton's big personality? You just like him? He's that loud guy, but likable? I feel like uh, I feel like Baron's dislike of Flash is personal. You know mm. what I mean? Like the rivals mm. for for Aura's affections, and whereas whereas Hawkman is just kind of like eh, like he's not. It's not personal to Flash. It's just business. It's not personal. <laughs> yeah, he's protecting his daughter. He's protecting his kingdom. Yeah. Well, also with Vol- uh, with Baron, aside from the fact he he was he was the worst mix of dumb and a bit of a weasel. Where and we talked a lot about it. Where he, he was going through all this effort to basically ensnare Flash in a trap where they would kill him. I was like, why don't you just kill him? And then also him sort of, you know, ob- making a promise and sort of following the spirit, like the word of his promise, but not the spirit of it. So he was a bit of a weasel. But uh, and also, it, God bless Timothy Dalton. He did a good job in this movie. But uh, just doesn't have the natural likability of Brian Blessed. Who does? I mean, you just you just want to like Brian Blessed. Yeah, Timothy Dalton. He actually has a little bit more of a punchable face. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess you can never really like someone who doesn't play by the rules in that weird tree trunk game. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, He's a cheater. He's a cheater. Although I guess I guess yeah, because when. Uh, when Voltan kind of uh, cheated when he had Baron and Flash on that disc, mm. he was kind of just doing it so both of them were getting messed up. He wasn't like specifically doing it. I think actually, although he would have liked if either of them if had died because he doesn't like Baron either. So yeah. no one likes Baron. No, 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 nobody likes Baron. Even Aura doesn't like Baron. <laughs> 
Can I talk about one of the other Hawkmen? Oh, please. Biro? Is that his name? The guy with the yep. crooked nose? Yes. What's that guy's deal? Uh, he's old, but he can fight well. Mm-hmm. He has uh, what I heard someone uh, actually today refer to as like, you ever hear old man strength? It's like, oh, yeah. And I think Biro has old man strength. It looks mm-hmm. like a guy. He's an old guy. The face is definitely um, had some pretty rough miles on it. But uh, he just looks like a guy who... You know, an old guy that you shake his hand, and uh, boy, the, the 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 hand strength, the grip strength is so impressive. Uh, it's like that's he seems like a guy who would hurt you with a handshake. Do you know anything about the actor who plays him? Yes, we do, and um, I actually anticipated that question. Is uh, he the hurler? He is. We talked that's about so him weird. way way long ago when he first showed up. So I'm trying to find where he is in my. Did notes. you say the hurler? I looked him up on on the the computer, the internet here. You can look up a lot of stuff there, and uh, <laughs> I found him. And I looked up his Wikipedia page, and they only mentioned the fact that he was a hurler, and which is a Irish sport or something. And the, his Wikipedia page makes no mention of the fact that he's in Flash Gordon. That's why I was like, "Is it the same guy?" And you're saying it is the same yeah. guy. Um, I'm choking here. Where the heck are my notes on Biro? So it's Ted Carroll's the actor. He did get shot. Yeah. When do Flash and Biro become like first name basis friends? Did he help him escape from the uh, swamp? No, that was uh, he. Biro was not there during that scene. So how does he become friendly with Biro? I don't remember that. You mean like, in next minute when he goes and wants to save him specifically? Yeah. Why is he like Biro's yeah, been hit? I, I gotta go help him. I don't him. know. I was gonna. I don't know. I, hmm. That's. Uh, I had that note for tomorrow, but yeah, oh, you're okay. right. For no damn reason. I have was... no idea why. And I don't even think his name is called out that much where the audience should even care. It's like, Biro's been hit. It's like, yeah. you have to watch this movie a lot of times, hopefully with the IMDb page open for it to know who Biro is. Weirdly, the, the name Biro, B-I-R-O, it almost looks like the word bird. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It'd be great if that's how we got the name. It's like, uh, <laughs> call him Hockey. I wish they all had, like, names like, oh, get Chickadee in here. <laughs> Well, it's funny because Voltan sounds like Vulture. Hmm. That always just struck out, just kind of stuck out to me. Like he's a hawk, but yet his name is very close to being Vulture, oh, which is weird. a which is a scavenger, someone who lives off of others' kills. I thought was going to say it reminded me of Voltron, mm. a, a giant thing that is made up of smaller parts. I thought you were going to say just Tron who is a futuristic man who becomes integrated into software and electrical boards. Oh, weird. Do you think that's where they got the name? Maybe. That would be pretty prescient if they were able to do that. When the hell did Voltron start? Oh, I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy. I was too old for Voltron. Too old. Let me see. Original run, part one, September 10th, 1984 for Voltron. Uh, Also, I should point out, while we're talking about Star Wars, uh, Voltan's uh sort of arc is exactly the same as the arc he does in um in the phantom menace where brian blessed more or less plays the exact same character (laughs) yes (laughs) well does brian blessed ever really play anyone other than himself well the fact that he's specifically a the leader of a team of animal-based humanoids that seems a bit. That seems a bit more unique than. Yes. than uh, I mean, guarantee he's always probably playing kings and you know gods and big blustery characters. He, he's not. He, he's never a bookish librarian, who asking everyone to asking everyone to shush a little. 
Yeah, it's true. And then it starts out, you know, in in conflict or like not open conflict, but but with differing goals from the main heroes of the movie. And then, yeah, in the end, changes their mind and joins them for the big final battle. Right. Which which and both of his peoples are the one that sustain significantly the most deaths in the final battle. Uh, oh, not himself. He's always sacrificing people around him. Mm. Voltan definitely. Uh, Brian Blessed always wants to be making it. Always wants to make it to that final party. Now I totally want to see the movie where Brian Blessed plays a librarian. <laughs> <laughs> Will you shut up? Uh, all right. Uh, d- did you find your Ted Carroll notes, Eric? I, uh, complete choke. I, I cannot find my notes on Ted Carroll, and I know we did them when he first showed up way back in the beginning of the movie, and I just uh, I'm not finding him. Well, he's really cool. The Go back and listen to twenty cool. something, and and. Uh, we uh, we talked about it. All f- faithful listen. All we ask everyone is you, you listen to every single episode and take notes on them. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that what we do? I mean, we take notes and we give them every episode, right? I, the, he's definitely a visually, you know, the, his his distinctive face definitely makes him stand out. Like I only remember three Hawkmen basically: Voltan, uh, Biro, and then the other guy who has like the the seventies fro kind of. <laughs> Lero. Yeah. Is he the one who gets stuck in the swamp? Uh, no, no, the, the Hawkman stuck in the swamp is just generic Hawkman. Oh, he doesn't even have a specific name or... Yeah, no. Weird. Yeah, Flash just apparently really takes to Hawkman easily. Because, uh, yeah, you're right, he cares way too much about Biro, even though there's been no interaction with him. And then when he was in the swamp with that other poor guy, he, he was definitely, uh, it, 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 there definitely seemed to be a bond there. So, uh, yeah, apparently the Hawkman really speak Flash's language. I think Flash is drawn to the Hawkmen because they're of all of the the tribes of the kingdoms of Mongo. They are most like a football team, <laughs> like a franchise. Yeah, they just the way they they structure their their defense and offense and leadership. And uh, yeah. Voltan is pretty much the quarterback of the Hawkmen. Uh, uh, that, that actually makes sense. They Flash is always trying to get everyone to team up, and the, the Hawkmen have teamed up. But are the Hawkman always losing, though? Because, I mean, Flash is used to always losing since he's a Jet, so... Oh, well, once you're a Jet, you're a Jet for life, so... <laughs> uh, so, before you mentioned the idea of a Voltan movie, and you said, oh, that would be... It would be insufferable, but now I'm thinking to to take a page from our from the Godfather, they should do a Flash Gordon 2, and it should be like... Flat, it should be Voltan as an old man and flashing back to young Voltan's rise through. Mm. And so we, we just have to get a young actor to play. Because Brian Blessed could still play old Voltan, so we just have to find a young actor to play young Voltan. You could do so much with... That's what I think is so great about the world of Flash Gordon and Mongo is they don't explain it all. So you could create so many stories and characters and different yeah. worlds and connect them all. But you're asking who would play the young Voltan? Who's going to play young Voltan? I'm going to say Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy, that's a good one. A lot of range, but he can do sort of big characters like that. And I also think it would be nice to see Tom Hardy have fun in a movie. Sometimes they make him too mopey. Uh, Perhaps that's just because I've seen too many ads for Venom. Because that's going to happen. So I, I think... Sort of fun Tom Hardy playing, you know, doing his best Brian Blessed impersonation could be fun. Yeah. Not uh, not too old? Too old. There you go. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> it would be great well, I mean, when, when watching that. It would be so fun you, when the first moment when when the young Voltan actually says, die! You know, everyone <laughs> in the audience would stand up and cheer. 
Uh, well, that, well, then it's going to be Voltan, a Flash Gordon story, is that it's going to turn into, though. And uh, mm. <laughs> I know you guys are several years away from covering Solo, but uh, you know that movie didn't work for me. So I, I yeah, I, I got to say, yeah, the the young Voltan. I don't know. I don't need everything explained. It's like we've been talking about this week. You know, some things it's okay. We don't need to know how did Voltan become the king. Ah, he just did. I don't know. So we would have to would have to explain how he became the king, how right. we got that little remote control box to connect <laughs> right. the spiky right. uh, thing, uh, how he learned to do diving, how he met you'd Hero. Ha- <laughs> you'd have yeah. to show how they built the Hawkman City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how they built the Hawkman City, and yeah. Oh, well, now I will totally want to see him coming out of an egg at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it would look like the beginning of Mork and Mindy. Do they ever show a Voltan's like personal quarters? No, no. Um, Oh, that's perfect. Because then he could. Sl- I want him to sleep in like a big nest, like Big Bird. Remember, <laughs> oh, Big Bird had that giant nest. I yeah. want to see Voltan sleep with it. It's all poop and feathers in it. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> one thing I had to call. I want to see who else. Uh, if this sort of caught anyone else's eye, there was something that very much reminded me of uh, the old '80s cartoon, uh, the GI Joe. And I want to see if anyone else. Picked up the same thing that that, that made me flash back to uh, Yo Joe. Uh, flashback. I see what you did there. <laughs> Is it the noise? The laser noise? The, the noise was a little bit of it. it sounds like the the late the guns they used in GI Joe. Well, what uh, even struck me more than that is. You had the good guy lasers and the bad guy lasers. The bad guy lasers were red and the good guy lasers were white. And I just remember seeing that all the time in G.I. Joe and Transformers where they would differentiate which color lasers each side had. Well, Star Wars does that too. Yeah. True, all of it. Well, definitely an easy way to to differentiate, you know, what's going on. That was just nice to have the color coding. (laughs) And red's always evil. It is always evil. Um, and they love their reds in this movie, so. Yeah. I just remember seeing that. It's like, oh, it's nice they color-coded the lasers. Another design I like is the, the uh, I'm sure we've seen them earlier in the movie, but the the, the Mongo soldiers, they have those, like, skull faceplates and stuff. Oh, they're great, yeah. They're great. Yeah, yeah. They're, like, cool looking. If I had to be a Flash Gordon uh, minion, I think I would rather be them than those red uh, dress guys who, who, uh, the pig faces? Yeah, who die, who you see early, early in the movie. Do you mean in real life or just dressing up for Halloween? No, no, I meant like if I was living in Mongo and they're like, you have a choice. You could either oh. be a you know, skull face or red dress man. I would pick I don't know. Being, being one of those red uh, palace guards, I mean, they die in a real wimpy way by squealing. Yeah, that's but true. Aren't they the ones also who march? Go, rrr, rrr, yes. Rrr. Hmm. That's kind of cool, too. It's true. Marching and going is, is pretty good. To <laughs> it's intimidating. <laughs> it's so intimidating. But then, of course, when you get stabbed with a sewing pin, you... you... <laughs> the Hawkman, too, also screech when they get shot, which I thought oh, was like nice... Oh, like birds. Yeah, yeah nice, nice little touch. Mm-hmm. I bet the ornithologist on staff told him, <laughs> told him that. Well, there's a really cool shot right at the end of the minute, too, of the, the Hawkman that dies that then falls off and kind of, you know, floats away into the abyss beneath him. Uh, I love a, how fake those guys uh, look. Uh, so <laughs> great. And presumably on some planet down there, some guy's getting ready to eat dinner and suddenly his dead bodies are falling out of the sky. <laughs> oh, yeah. was, uh, maybe that's how they eat. They eat all the dead hawkmen that fall. <laughs> they live on all the people who fall from the space battle. Just waiting for another dude to land from the ground. as mana from heaven. <laughs> They're always trying to like stir up trouble just so that there's more and more fights going <laughs> yeah. on. 
and of course all the all the hawkmen who are frozen in the fields of Phrygia just forever because they've fallen into that area. Yeah, they they find them like 400 years later and they're still perfectly <laughs> preserved frozen chicken. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian Blessed has climbed Mount Everest, so there you go. Oh, There's there you go. The, but he, dead, he's never made one. it to the top, though. No, he hasn't. But he's not one of the people stuck frozen there forever either. I like that Brian Blessed undertakes challenges, which if he were a Hawkman would be much easier. He like almost <laughs> has to prove that he like, is not one by... <laughs> That's true. He, he, could, he could fly to the top of Mount Everest if he was a Hawkman. He could fly to the North Pole. Uh, he wouldn't need space training because he could just fly up to space. Yeah. You That's notice true. he never does any underwater stuff, which is weird. Ah. Yeah. You think one thing he'd be good at, he'd know how to. Yeah! Ah. <laughs> so, uh, w- one thing I called out briefly, and I, I just need to, to, to discuss this how bad the landings look in this minute. When the Hawkmen are landing on the on the ship, and boy, it's just real clumsy looking. And in the following minutes, they it's it's almost like they realize, oh crap, that looks bad. And then in the next minutes, you you don't see the landings anymore. And did anyone else think the Hawkmen looked silly once they uh, were were boarding uh, the ship? It's not the greatest, yeah. Yeah, I mean I, that I, it's because it's not very graceful. Because when they land, it's clear that they've been suspended by cables. It's just, it's just not realistic. Yeah, well, they're also doing like a belly slide onto it. <laughs> yeah. They don't look like a bird would be landing, you know. Yeah, their wings are barely moving. They don't look like they're really <laughs> flying. I mean, come on. But I think if you've made it this far into the movie, like, like that's going to be the thing that <laughs> breaks it for you. Oh no, it's definitely a thing that I never really registered as. Uh, it looks terrible until I'm watching this one minute at a time. Oh yeah, that definitely. I heard the. It was in this minute that the studio ornithologist walked off the set. Ooh, I... <laughs> because he was just. He's like, this is not how birds. This is this is not how birds would land on a wall rocket. <laughs> what 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 country is that? Ger- German, Austrian. Oh. You know, come on, ornithologist. <laughs> yeah, it was on the cover of Variety when he walked off. <laughs> Birdman flies coop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we haven't even talked about uh, the music yet. This minute, we've got for the second minute in a row, we we so segue out of one song into another one. Uh, we segue from Voltan's theme uh, into a, a, a new song here called Battle Theme. Uh, this is a Brian May song, and this song really rocks. Yesterday we were talking about how Voltan's theme rocks. This rocks Voltan times 20, let's say. It, it, yeah, it, it's just great guitar. It, God, Brian May so cool. Um, yeah, it, it, it's really ramping it up each minute. Guys, we've had, and in the minutes, in the last 20, in the last few weeks, there hasn't been a whole abundance of... Uh, music at all uh much less queen music uh you guys are getting some of the best queen stuff in this movie they they uh, they saved the best for last and uh you guys were lucky enough to uh, be the benefactors of that no oh, in my experience there's no such thing as luck <laughs> fair, fair enough and the, the music is just simply outstanding and it's a good reminder that that the, the the music of a film can really make it or break it, can add so much or detract, because we've all seen movies, too, where the music is just not fitting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have any examples? You know, I just watched Scarface recently, and I feel like the music, I think that was maybe made in early 80s, I think. Does anyone know offhand? Maybe yeah. 83-ish, maybe? 
84 ish. Let's, let's say 83. Yeah. It just, there's a, there's an over, there's an abundance of, of that, that mid 80s synthesizer sound. And I think mixed a little too hot. And I feel like it, it just, it takes away from the quality of some of those scenes. But I've also heard people really appreciate that soundtrack. I, I think it was a little too much. I'm trying, I, there was actually, a um, sort sort of getting towards the end of Arnold Schwarzenegger's um, run as an A-list action star. Uh, he did a the Eraser. Um, definitely not a major hit for him. And I remember the trailer looked sort of cooler than it had any right to because it had this great sort of slide guitar honky tonk soundtrack to the trailer. I was like, oh, that sounds different. And then when the movie actually came out, it was a very very prototypical, you know, big budget action movie soundtrack. And I realized exactly how bad it was where there was one scene where they're just driving away from something and it wasn't like a chase scene, but they drove down a highway and then they just had like a guitar wail while they drove by. It's like, and it's like, ah, geez, this is just a crappy episode of Magnum PI with that. It was, and it was sort of called out yesterday that soundtracks aren't, quite as interesting as they used to be because they're too safe it's just going to be sort of sort of warmed over john williams stuff in a lot of movies and uh you know you know go with an interesting band um but that was but it's too easy it's like you're never gonna i think get dinged if you just have a nice pretty orchestra soundtrack and uh non-offensive yeah yeah um and i think that was the reason I just saw, and speaking of the Marvel movies, I just saw Ant-Man and Wasp, uh, which was a perfectly solid movie. Uh, it was sort of funny, sort of capery, and it was a good sorbet after watching um, the third Avengers film. But it felt like it was missing something, and I realized, like, oh, it's just this, it was really the soundtrack. It's like, you know, if they would have done something sort of cool with, uh, like, a more, like, sort of quirky, poppy uh, soundtrack like they do with the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. It's like, this. W- I would probably enjoy this 20% more. Yeah, I could see that. But, yes, so that's my thoughts on soundtracks because we are watching movies with a really, really good soundtrack. Well, I, I want to throw uh, another uh, podcast, guest, our guest's podcast-related question at them here. Uh, how do you two think, if the positions were reversed, how would Ming do sitting in Don Corleone's chair, and how would Don Corleone do sitting in Ming's throne? <laughs> does does Ming, running the crime family, does he have the background information of of what Don Corleone has? Does he know how, yes. know what life in America is like and all of that? Sure, sure. Is he dressed as Ming or as Don yes, Corleone? Yes, he's dressed as Ming. Of course he is. <laughs> has to be. Well, Ming, I think you can argue that Ming is evil, straight up. Alex, what would his align? What would Ming's alignment be? Would it be? I would say lawful evil. Lawful evil, yeah, as extreme as it could be. So, hmm, I don't. I don't think he would last as a as a crime, uh, as a as a leader of a crime family because he'd just be too ruthless. He'd get taken out at some point. The other the other families wouldn't stand for it. Yeah, I would agree with that. It would it would certainly be a fun little ride though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, him and and Sonny Corleone as his as his second in command, they would definitely be a warring family. 
Sonny, I'm bored. <laughs> of course, the thing is, as wacky as Marlon Brando could be, they're lucky that Don Corleone wasn't dressed like Ming in the Godfather movies. Oh, that would have been awesome. You know, if you just watch um, Island of Dr. Moreau, is like, Brando would do that shit. <laughs> he would. I think Don Corleone would be very confused as the ruler of Mongo. What's, what's this guy wearing wings for? What's the when they go what to college, get nonsense. stupid. Well, they, but they have a lot in common. They both have daughters that, uh, you know, they want to marry off. Yeah. They both, uh, yeah, that's about it. I appreciate that, Alex. <laughs> yeah. They both have You're mustaches. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Does Ming ever have a cat that he pets or some type of Mongo pet? No, no pets in this movie. Hmm. Unless you count that worm, the uh, the worm oh, in the, the, in the uh, little stump. <laughs> well, no, wait, oh, is Doug... yeah, the scorpion in the tree stump. Oh, yeah. Well, doesn't doesn't Aura have some kind of some species that she has on a chain? Is well, that, that's that? a it's a dwarf, which by the way is played by Deep Roy. Oh, I thought you said that's Worf, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Worf. I am not a pet. <laughs> okay, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. All right, uh, gentlemen, uh, anything else you wanted to call out for minute ninety one? Uh, yeah, the music's ramping up. I'm looking forward to next minute. We have a fantastic minute coming up. Um, gentlemen, please uh, share the specifics on your your excellent podcast. Uh, why don't you go first? Why don't you t- describe it, Andy? So, uh, Andy, I'm Don Corleone. You, you need to uh, address your Don ac- appropriately, Alex. Oh, I'm sorry, Emperor Ming. Why don't you tell them about the podcast? <laughs> I really, I, I was about to try a Ming voice, but I don't think I can. Could someone give me an example? The only one anyone knows. Uh, Alex and I are co-hosts of the podcast, The Godfather Minute, where we analyze the classic movie, The Godfather, one minute at a time. Uh, We also made a movie way back when, maybe 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago now. It's called Robot Killer. You can see the free trailer at robotkiller.com. Check it out. Uh, I am the co-host of a podcast called Star Wars Minute, where we do to Star Wars what uh, these guys are doing to Flash Gordon. So if that sounds at all appealing to you, check it out. StarWarsMinute.com. Yeah, we recommend everyone do so. Uh, these are, you know, The Godfather, one of the, possibly the greatest movie of all time. Uh, so very awesome for that to be broken down minute by minute. So uh, so much Subtext and great stuff in there. Uh, and Star Wars Minute. It's the, the granddaddy of them all. It's uh, the Minute by Minute podcast that started this all happening. Um, so, Eric, uh, where can people find out more about Flash Gordon Minute? Uh, you can find out more on Facebook, where we love to chat with you in the Flash Gordon Minute listeners' vortex. We are on Twitter, which is Flash Gordon Pod. And we have an email address, flashgordonminute at gmail.com. Yeah, we ask for your ratings and reviews on iTunes. The more ratings and reviews we get, the more visibility we get, the more people that can join the fun. Um, yeah, so, uh, Eric, this has been another great minute. I'm looking forward to wrapping up this week tomorrow. Yeah, I am too, but uh, I, I, I've i got something else bothering me today, though, Brad. Oh, wow. You know, it's, uh, I, I hope I can be here the way you've been there for me uh, up to this point. Well, uh, you know, my, my baseball team is about to end a very underachieving, disappointing season. Uh, my football team... It's off to a bad start, and I think their long run of success appears finished. And my alma mater plummeted in the college football polls after a huge upset on national television last week. So I'm just, I'm very worried that, am I a bad luck charm to my sports teams? You know, it's it's tough. Um, 
because uh, I understand uh, I- I'm being a Eagles uh, Phillies fan. Uh, the Phillies just completely fell apart at the end of this season. Uh, the Eagles, they're 1-1, one and one, and they just don't look like they're really feeling it this season after their Super Bowl victory. But, uh, you know, there's a, you know, there's a chance for your Seahawks, especially, still early in the season. And, uh, you know, there is a, a great quarterback, a great quarterback out there who can uh, come and revitalize this team. So uh, don't worry if you're, you're concerned that your championships might be out of reach because, uh, you know what, Flash will save every one of us. Attention listeners, you can follow us on Twitter at FlashGordonPod and join the conversation on Facebook in the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex. Stay tuned for our next thrilling episode of Flash Gordon Minute. Me and Tony started the jet. So where is he? How come he takes a lousy stinking job? <laughs> you boy corrupted him. Yeah, temporary sickness. Wait and see. Man, remember them fists the day we clobbered the emeralds? Well, he saved my ever-loving neck. Sure, he'll do it again, too. He always came through for us, and he always will. When you're a jet, you're a jet. All the way from your first cigarette to your last dying day. When you're a jet, let them do what they can. You've got brothers around. You're a family man. You're never alone. You're never disconnected You're home with your own When companies expect it You're well protected Then you are set with a capital J Which you'll never forget Till they cart you away When you're a jet You stay a jet Now I know Tony like I know me And I guarantee you can count him in In, out, let's get cracking Where you gonna find Bernardo? When you're a jet, you're a top cat in town. You're a gold medal kid with a heavyweight crown. When you're a jet, you're the swinging a thing. Little boy, you're a man. Little man, you're a king. The jets are in gear. Our cylinders are clicking. The shots are nuclear. Cause every part of Rickens a lousy tech. Here come the jets like a bat. How the hell someone gets in our way? Someone don't feel so well. Here come the jets. Little world step aside. Better go underground. Better run. Better hide. We're drawing a Every last bug gang on the whole fucking street, on the whole fucking street.